Welcome to this week's edition of the Five Heart Podcast. And then there were three. A few minutes ago, we had four. Now there are three. I'm joined tonight by my buddies, Nate McHugh and John Johnston. John, how are things in Minnesota? Oh, they're beautiful. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. We have a winning football team. (laughs) Oh, shit. How about Southeast Nebraska? How are things going over there? Uh, Just fine. I walked into the high school today, and uh, they they had a uh, full tournament dodgeball thing going on for homecoming week. So I sat down and watched that, and I was like, man, it'd be nice to be doing that again. You know, so that was kind of. Yeah, I did a lot of homecomings over my my career and homecoming had a way of kind of getting you reinvigorated. It was fun to see kids having fun and teachers having fun. Good times. Prom's a different story. Prom sucked. Homecoming was great. So anyway, there's my commentary for the night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we. uh, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants, which is not unusual. Uh, Greg was with us earlier and then got pulled away. So uh, we're going to start off by talking a little bit about last week's game. Uh, kind of a frustrating game for the Cornhuskers and Cornhusker fans. Uh, I guess I'll start with you, John. Uh, just kind of give me your overall take of the game up uh, in East Lansing against Sparty last Saturday night? My overall take? That's what I asked for. My overall take. You know, it was a really great game. I'll say this. I was just – Virginia-Miami is on TV right now. And Miami is – I love bringing up Miami and Florida State because they're terrible. I mean, if you want to enjoy yourself, literally go to Facebook, follow Tomahawk Nation, which is a SB Nation Florida State blog, and uh, follow, just read their Facebook comments when they post an article on Facebook. It's fucking glorious. And it'll make you feel better about your life at any moment. Um, okay, having said that, I had a conversation with my rotten son earlier. We were talking about Nebraska football. And he's, I said, are you going to watch Virginia-Miami with me? And he said, no. And I said, well, we can watch Miami lose. And he goes, yeah, but it's boring. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, they just lose. They don't. They just lose. There's nothing exciting about that. How Nebraska loses is exciting. And I thought, by God, it is. Yeah, I mean, we have to be the most fucking exciting team in the nation, other than maybe the Green Bay Packers, and that's the NFL. But, I mean, who would have thought we had a 93% chance of winning that game, and we we do something. Somebody goes, somebody out there, I swear to God, somebody that's running the simulation we're living in says, hmm, how can they fuck this up in a way they've never fucked this up before? And then they came up with a poll, probably an office pool amongst the people that were in the engineering room at that time and went, I don't know, punt to the wrong side of the field. You know, that's different. Maybe next week we'll have a, I, I don't know how we can lose in different ways. Now we should probably come up with different, you know, I don't know, different ways we could actually lose. Yeah. That might be a good idea to come up with a list of ways that Nebraska can lose that they haven't already used. So we know when we're getting to the end of these incredibly frustrating losses. Nate, how about you? What, give me your uh, general thought. 
or thoughts about the game Saturday night? I, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Oklahoma in a way, because my wife was with my children, or two of my kids. They had soccer, and they had soccer at 11 and 12, and the game was at 11. And I, it was, I stayed with my other two kids at home because it was so hot out. I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking we're going to get blown out. And it's kind of like the same thing with Michigan State. And not that I didn't think we were going to get blown out, but it was kind of different. I expected that they would play a lot better. And it was towards the end of the game, the Oklahoma game, my wife gets home, and she says, so how's the game? And I am pissed off. Like, I'm, you know, not like not normally. And I said, if it wasn't for, you know, the two missed field goals, the missed extra point, like we should be winning this football game, you know, and like literally we should be winning. And, you know, when you start out with thinking you're going to get blown out and all of a sudden you're playing, you're playing with Oklahoma. And not only that, but you're probably playing better than they are. And it's just mistakes by, you know, one player is in my opinion, why you lose or one of the reasons, obviously, and then you fast forward to Michigan State, and it's like what three or three and a half, four minutes left. We're up by seven, and you know we'd like to you know go down the field a little bit on offense, but we have to punt. Like oh, that's fine. Our defense is dominating, and our punter punts to the wrong. He shanks it, you know, punts to the wrong side of the field, and you know it's it's like, and then we lose. And so we now lost to the number what, three team in the country by seven, number top with the top or twenty team by three because Connor Colt misses three kicks and the punter shanks one, and that those are two opportunities to get over the hump in my opinion. Yeah, and so, yeah. and you can always look back at other mistakes, you know, the offensive line play, Asia Martinez, you know, um, you know trying to do a little bit too much, but maybe he has to, you know, and you can go back and forth, but it's like, we were right there at the end of both games. And you, if you would have told me that the beginning of the year, not so much Michigan state, but Oklahoma saying that we would outplay Oklahoma, you know, I've been like, there's no way. Cause I, I said, we have three losses for sure. And that's Ohio state, Oklahoma and Wisconsin. I definitely don't feel that way anymore. But it's like – it's and then we want to blame Frost or you can blame whoever you want to blame. But it's these kids who are trying their best, and we know they are. But it's just that one mistake. And it's – and I didn't feel that confident being up by seven, okay? Because I thought, what, what's – when is the other shoe going to drop type of thing? And it did. <laughs> and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. And, and, I, and when it was a wide open – in return and you know then it was after the game that frost said that is he said it was called punt right and the punter punted left and i'm like you've got to be kidding you know it's like if it's crazy but that's just where we're at is that if the punter punts right and if connor cope makes the kicks that he that he made last year we would have won both games in my opinion and with that said, however, I do want to point out that Connor Culp 
was on um, JoJo Doman's podcast this last week and talking about the Oklahoma game. No, it was uh, – I don't know if it was – I know it was after the Oklahoma game, but he's been dealing with a lot of mental um, issues. Like, uh, like he said that after he, you know, hit the 50-yard field goal against Oklahoma, that he felt nothing. It was a career-high field goal for him. It was against – it was on the road against Oklahoma, a top three team, and he felt nothing. And so he went – he made he, – he has now gone seeing a – sports psychologist and so it's like he, you know he's been dealing with some stuff and and so you want to support those kids and but it's just like that's just nebraska right now i don't know i you know we just we can't get out of our own way and and you kind of wonder why the i'm sorry i'm rambling but you kind of wonder why the, the all conference kicker is missing kicks now we know that he, he's not been doing great you know and so you know he said he's doing better and that's great so and he he made every kick against Michigan State because of course you know but but it's, it's the punters who punted at seven yards or sorry uh, Cerny kicks it the wrong way and then his back the backup and however you pronounce his name shanks it seven yards I mean come on sorry yeah. well I I tell you what you know I don't think that um, at any point in that game and did did any Nebraska fans feel um comfortable i mean you know the whole game was well you're you're an exception you are an outlier um but i think the whole game most people were on the you know on the edge of their seats and like you mentioned there nate you know waiting for something bad to happen you know and it's (laughs) we become a bunch of fatalists you know wondering when when the the bad is going to happen but i i think you know there's a couple of things that stand out to me the first thing is in that series where um, that led up to the punt that was returned for the touchdown, uh, you know, Nebraska's up by seven and they went into turtle mode and, you know, the, the play calls were incredibly uh, conservative and Frost apparently made the decision that he was going to win the game with his defense, you know, put the defense out there. And, and, you know, I guess the way the defense had been playing the whole game, that's um, that's probably not unreasonable. But somehow then you forget, well, somehow the special teams are going to be out. They have to be out on the field before we can turn it back to the defense. And so, you know, that that made it frustrating. But my take on the whole thing is, is that Nebraska was the better team on the field. Nebraska was the better team on the field for that football game against Michigan State. And I believe Nebraska was the better team on the field against Oklahoma. There's no question in my mind. Now, the third loss is against Illinois, and on that day, Illinois was the better team on the field. I mean, Nebraska successfully shot themselves in the foot that game, but they were not ready to play that game. Um, But, you know, that's the part to me that is so uh, frustrating that just kind of makes you sick to your stomach and your heart drop and everything is you can see the potential of this team. Whereas, you know, John was mentioning last week against Oklahoma, the team proved to themselves that they can overcome you know, when overcome things when they go bad, you know, um, well, they couldn't do that against Michigan State. Um, so there, there's still a lot of work to be done with this team. Um, and there's no, and I guess in my, from my point, uh, there's a lot of ways, a lot of fingers could be pointed in this game. Um, unfortunately, uh, our, the consistent thing about the Nebraska football team is that they're going to find ways 
to shoot themselves in the foot. They're going to continue to make mistakes. And until they can clean those mistakes up, um, this is what we've got. This is what we're all going to have to live with. You know, I never thought of this until right now when Nate was talking. And I thought maybe in Australia, left is right, you know, because it's down under. And maybe he thought when he said kick it right, he meant left and because of some Aussie thing. <laughs> well, uh, Dawson said at it, it, the press conference earlier this week that it, he miskicked it, that, you know, um, he miskicked it and it didn't go where it was supposed to go, which, you know, I don't know. I, I tell you what, I watched that kid warm up um, when I went, went to the Buffalo game or the, the uh, Fordham game. He has got a leg on him. I mean, that kid can kick the flipping ball. Um, you know, the other punter was there standing right next to him and he's kicking those high boomers, you know, the traditional way with the nice spiral and, you know, Cherney, he's kicking it off the nose of the ball or whatever way the ball lands on his foot and he's blasting it just as far. Um, you know, so to some extent, I think he's the right guy. Uh, but with anyone else, there has to be some accountability. There has to be some accountability, and and this program just does not have it. Oh, what does that mean? What that means is is that you have to be held accountable for your mistakes, for your errors. Yeah, okay, and, how are how are they not being held accountable? Well, they keep making the same mistakes. No, they're not. They're I mean, not. We never not. We never kicked it to the. We are literally the the offensive line is making the same false start mistakes. That's okay. But on special teams, they literally have fucked up every different kind of way. You are they right. Could. If you, you would list right. a long list of possible mistakes special teams teams can make. No, I, I, John, you're right with that. I'm saying offensive line continues to make mistakes. Yeah, um, I don't know what's going on there. Don't hey, don't don't pat punt return on the back and think that they've got it all figured out. There were more balls that hit the ground against Michigan State than any other game. They need to field those punts. Yeah, they do. That's not fixed yet. No. So, well, the and, problem. Sorry. No, go ahead. So the problem is, is that the uh, the best punt returner on the team, Cam or Cam Taylor Britt, returns a punt at the two yard line the first game, and then his backup is Oliver Martin. Okay, and then he's been hurt. And I guess the next best option, I guess, at least against Michigan State, who they wanted to put it back there, was Will Nixon. And Will Nixon was even on this, the roster, yeah. the travel squad. And it's uh, and then so Ture is still back out there. He, he's been returning punts for like three or four weeks, supposedly. And so, I, I mean, I, I just can't believe it. What about Lonte Brown? You know, the, the – yeah. I, I don't know why we can't find somebody to return a punt. And, you know, you look at all these athletes. I mean, it, but, but at the, Nick, I don't Bond, know. I, the, the Nick Bond, his podcast and they were joking, and, but, and, but it's true. I said, don't you miss San, Santino Panico? Yeah. <laughs> Cause he caught everything. He caught everything. everything. And, and we made fun of him at the time, you know, but man, that sounds pretty good right now. Like, yeah, he's probably cursed the team. Yeah, <laughs> cursed special yeah. teams. That yeah. guy right there. Him and Bruce Reed, right? Four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, Reed. You know, so 
but yeah, it'd be nice. And I've never returned to punt in my life, but supposedly it's pretty difficult. I don't, whatever, yeah, but I, I, those athletes are so talented. I think I always go back to Alante Brown. Cause I think the way he looks like, he looks like he could be really good, but maybe he just, just doesn't have the catch or whatever, but um, I hope next time we're on the road, they can figure out how to get Will Nixon on the roster. Well, I, I can tell you, Nate, I, I returned punts when I was in high school and it is hard. And um, the, 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 all my coaches told me was catch the damn ball, catch the ball. And uh, I, I caught the ball usually with my arms waving up here like that. Cause I didn't want to get blasted. I was a chicken shit when it came to that. I was going to say they had your high school team had you returning punts. Yeah. I was, Oh my God. How, kick- how fucking desperate were they? <laughs> I could catch the ball. I could catch. <laughs> my the God. Ball. I was on kick. I was on kick return too, John. And uh, I, but I was always, David Turner was back there too, and he could fly. So I was the one that usually, you know, it was important for me to make that first block. So that um, so that he could get loose, um, and yeah, I was not on kickoff, kickoff return. The coaches just said the opposite. Todd, don't catch the ball. David catches the ball. <laughs> Did they? Was your nickname the turtle? It was not the turtle. And actually, John, contrary to what you believe, and the and the physical shape that I'm in right now, <laughs> I was a pretty damn good runner in high school. Okay. Yeah. I could run. You always ran away from those three-on-one wrestling matches like a puss boy. <laughs> Should never have given you guys a rematch after I kicked your ass the first time. <sighs> okay. Well, okay. So we're 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 not quite halfway into the season. I mean this this game coming up is the the game six. Um, so let's let's kind of get an early jump on it a little bit and think about it. Um, what, why don't you, each of you give me two things as, as we're almost to the midpoint, as we approach the midpoint of the season, what are two of the, the positives or what are two of the surprises about this Nebraska football team that, that you've seen so far? Let's go with you first, Nate. What do you think? A couple of positives or a couple of surprises so far with the team this year? I would say that we're wasting two things right now, the Raskets. And that is we're wasting the play of Adrian Martinez and we're wasting the, the overall, overall play of our defense. Our defense is good enough. I, they're not 2009 good, but they might be like 2010 good. And that 2010 team had a really good offense. And, but uh, I, I think it all comes down to the offensive line I know, yes, so I'll stop. But anyways, what specifically, Luke Reimer. And uh, there's a play I tweeted out, and like obviously this is a podcast, so I can't. You know, there's a third and five against Michigan State, and the play he made to stop him the first down, he is an all-conference linebacker. And yeah. I think he better get some – he better be first, second – team at least at the, if he keeps it up and so that I'd say he's I don't know if you call him a surprise but he's kind of fulfilling what uh, the coaches have kind of been talking about and 
and I'll go back to the whole Nick Bob podcast. He had Bo Root. He has Bo Root on there like every week. And they were talking about Luke <laughs> Reimer. And Bo said that the first week of practice, Luke Reimer walks on, right? And it's like the first week of practice, and Barrett Root calls Bo and says, he's the best linebacker on the team. You know, obviously it took him a while to get on the field and all that to learn. He's like, yeah, he's the best player on the team, or the best linebacker on the team, and he was a walk-on. And so I think those are my, you know, what I feel, the defense I feel good about, and Age Martinez I do. John, John, how about good, you? Say, well, John, you, you left me a lot more. there, man. <laughs> good luck. You know what? I, I'd punter? say hey, – hey, hey, How about that punter or, or a kicker or any of that? Are they good? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say Samurai Torre has uh, been a bright spot. And I'll pick something off a little bit off kilter. I, I'll say that, that – uh, well, you went with what we're wasting. And I like that point. And I'm going to say this. We're wasting an opportunity because the entire Big Ten West is just a blown up piece of shit. I mean, when you look at Iowa right now is by far away the best team with regards to record. But their offense is abysmal. I mean, their offense is terrible. Tyler Goodson is a really good running back, but the rest of their offense is just trash. They can't score more than like 17 points a game unless somebody gives them free points. Uh, the whole, everybody keeps bringing up Wisconsin, and they're like, "Oh, you're gonna lose to Wisconsin." Have you seen Wisconsin play? Wisconsin's fucking terrible. Their defense is really good, but their offense is is as bad as Iowa's offense. Minnesota lost to uh, a 30 point underdog this last weekend and looked fucking awful doing it. I mean, Purdue non-factor. Who's left? Northwestern. We need to beat them this weekend. So. We have an opportunity in which we could win the Big Ten West. Probably even now we still could. But uh, now we keep fucking around with these stupid small mistakes and uh, screwing that up. I will say I saw a lot of complaints about people. Why are we running the ball up the middle against Michigan State? And the reason why we ran the ball up the middle, like on every series, we ran the ball on every down series, right? Those are constraint plays. Those plays were run specifically to keep the defense honest, to keep them from creeping to the outsides because that's where we are going to get our yardage. Because Ramir Johnson, I think, has shown he's not going to blow up the middle if he doesn't have a crease to get through. But on the other hand, I think that he is the guy that if you can give him a crease up the middle in those games, he's going to go. He's going to go a lot further and faster than uh, Step or Yant. And Irvin's gone now. Sevian Morrison might be able to do that. But, uh, you know, if they can block those, then, you know, we have another play to feature, another weapon. But that's why we were running the plays up the middle that people complained about were wasted. I guess, you know, from my perspective, I, I think one of the things that I, I'm a little bit surprised about, and I guess I think is a good thing, is the receiving core is solid. I mean, you mentioned, you know, Samari Torre. You know, holy smokes, you know, Nate, you've been on the Omar Manning bandwagon for two years, and that guy is a player. Um, You know, he's got that size and length, and he's deceiving with his speed. Uh, But what what really impresses me about Omar Manning are his hands. You know, I mean, he can just – he's got incredible hands. Um, But but the whole receiving core 
it just looks incredibly talented to me. And, you know, I can't wait until Oliver Martin is healthy, uh, you know, to put him out there with that bunch, you know, that, that we have going right now. And Xavier Betts, you know, has, has been positive this year. Uh, and then, you know, throw in Levi Falk has made some nice grabs as well. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, they all talked about the best receiving core they've had and what an upgrade that is. And I think that that's there. I wish that the offensive line gets, you know, improves a bit so that Adrian Martinez actually has time, you know, to see those second and third receivers. People all want to bitch about, you know, Adrian, you know, missing people that are wide open. Well, when your first read is, where the hell are they all coming from? When that has to be your first read, which way is the guy coming It's going to take my hat off? You know, that kind of slows down your ability to go through your progressions. So, you know, hopefully that kind of rectifies itself, you know, here in the next few weeks. We hear, you know, reports that, you know, the coaches are, you know, really eyeballing the offensive line and looking at some upgrades there. And, you know, the other, the other surprise, I guess, or the other positive to me, just generally speaking, I'm, I'm doubling up on what you guys have already talked about is, is the, the defense. And, and particularly it's fun to see good linebacker play. Once again, we have not seen good linebacker play for quite a while. And, you know, Luke Reimer's a beast. Jojo Doman is a beast. And, um, oh, crap, 44 Nelson, you know. I mean, uh, Garrett Nelson, holy smokes. He's just he, – he's amazing. Uh, you know, Henrich seems like he's a step slow, but, it, you know, he, he seems to be holding up really well on the inside. So I guess that's, that's what I think the positives are. Maybe um, we have a consistent defense because we've had a consistent defensive coordinator. <laughs> there might be something to that too, but you all recall two years ago, people were screaming for his head. You know, that was, that's that what was, we do. Yeah. That's what we do. So, yeah. Well, okay. So six thirty Saturday night, the uh, Northwestern Wildcats, and uh, Nebraska will kick off in Memorial Stadium, the second night game in a row, two out of three in a row. Um, I don't know about you, but I like night games in, in Memorial Stadium since, you know, the television screwed everything up and you no longer have one o'clock kickoffs, which is the perfect time to have a kickoff. Um, anyway, Northwestern comes to town. Um you know, you hear all sorts of things. Last I heard is Nebraska 12-point favorite. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Um, you know, that's setting a pretty high bar. Um, John, what do you expect to see on Saturday night? And you cannot use the word rock fight. Words, rock fight. <laughs> you, you are banned. You cannot use the term rock fight for the next three years because you used it so much last year. You're going to have to find another reference. So no rock fights with Northwestern. Okay, go. Well, Northwestern, first of all, did you guys listen to uh, Patrick Gerhardt's interview with uh, Stuart Mandel? No. No? Oh, my God. I listened to his other two where he interviewed uh, the the guy from Michigan State and the guy from Oklahoma. So – I can't remember. 
Anyways, no. I, okay. I, uh, nothing I can, yeah. Stuart Mandel is a Northwestern grad, and he said oh, that it that. really bothers them that people refer to us as NU and they get the NW. So I want to make it clear to anybody who hears this podcast that use the battle for NU as much as possible and irritate the five Northwestern fans that may be out there watching their football team. Okay. Having said that, you know, Northwestern is one of those teams where they, they, we all look at Iowa, right? And we look at Iowa and we go, well, you're always average. And they always are average. I mean, basically what Iowa does is the same thing every year under Kirk Ferentz. And since he's been around since the stone age, it's the same thing. And every once in a while, he produces like a 12 and 0 team that goes to the Rose Bowl and Stanford beats the shit out of him, makes fun of him with their band and everybody doesn't complain about the shitty performance in the Rose Bowl. They complain about being made fun of by the Stanford band. But everybody knows what Iowa's going to do, right? Well, every Northwestern is kind of that same team, except that the difference is for that Northwestern is this. Northwestern, every once in a while, will have this team that will go up and win their division because they'll have finally put together the experience, the athletes, and the schemes together in one year or two years in a row where they're at the top of their division. And then they're going to drop to the bottom of the division while they prepare again for that rise. And I'd say right now, Northwestern is, uh, this is one of their shitty years where they are really struggling on offense. Uh, I think they have one of the, is it Evan Hull? Yeah, Evan Hull, uh, one of the better running backs in the nation could be dangerous. Uh, they're still struggling to find a quarterback, but they're well coached. And most years they start out the year trying to figure out who they are and what they're going to do. So you know, I don't think that this game is exactly a pushover. Last year, what we saw for Northwestern is a team that would give up tons of yards, but create tons of turnovers and keep people out of the end zone. And that's what they did to us when they beat us last year. But uh, this year, uh, Northwestern is still dangerous I, just because of the history they have with this. Because if you've been around the Big Ten long enough, you know that there's this just bizarre kind of team dynamic where Minnesota ruins Penn State seasons, Northwestern ruins Iowa seasons, Purdue will ruin a Ohio State season. And they kind of, if you go back through the hundred year history of the Big Ten, you see this stuff kind of consistently happen. So, you know, the games have always been close. I think this one is going to be interesting to watch just because, uh, <laughs> because we're cursed, because we're cursed and we haven't figured out that fucking list of things of ways that we could still lose. And then we can, I don't know if we made a long list of things that the ways that we could still possibly lose. And then we either just did those plays ahead of time where they didn't cost us the game and then they'd be taken out of the curse. I don't know. Maybe it'll work that way. They, you, you could think? use flakes tomorrow and seek input from, you know, followers about ways we can lose that we haven't lost yet to start assembling this list. I, I, I will do that if I can remember to do that. I will. So the, 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 the next time John goes on a rant, I can just start typing. But go ahead. Go. <laughs> I'm coming to you. So, you know, Northwestern has been that team that, um, I, I mean, every game, at least in the last few years with Northwestern, has been a battle. Um, it's been um, a, a close game. Uh and they've also been games, it seems like, where there are, are, are a number of lead changes. 
So what are you what are you expecting to see Saturday night, Nate? <laughs> I have no clue. I mean, I, I mean, you know, and no one does, right? And that's kind of the problem. And it's if we kind of like against Michigan State, I said if both teams play a clean game, Nebraska wins. And probably by a score. That's probably I mean, that's about what happened, what should happen. I think if both play a clean game, then Nebraska wins by 17. I mean, something like that. But, I mean, you go back and what would lead you to believe we're going to play a clean game, particularly on the offensive line? Uh, so, I, I think we're going to win. Uh, I'm thinking like by 10. But, I mean, I could see us losing. I mean, I really could. Just because they're a really well-coached team. And yeah. yep. and they don't make mistakes. And so uh, Michigan State, uh, one of their beat – I call him a beat writer. I think the last name's Couch. You guys know who I'm talking about? Blake, is it Blake Couch or – writes for Michigan State. And they said – they you know, even when they were down seven with three minutes to go, they believe that they're going to win, you know. And I kind of think that's kind of bull crap, but because uh, they knew that we, the Nebraska, would make a mistake and would beat ourselves, which ended up being true is that that's what happened. But you, you write that after the fact that, oh, yeah, I believe we're going to win when we were down by seven, uh, three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and we have zero first downs in the second half, and we've only had 14 yards of offense in the entire second half, yes, I believe we're going to win, right? And so, uh, I actually, I don't even know if that's doing anything, but I just remember reading an article about how ridiculous that notion was. You know, they, they thought, oh, we maybe we can win, you know. But, you know, when you're getting dominated on offense and you need your offense to score, then, you know, whatever. But maybe, yeah. Mel, maybe Mel Tucker said, Hey guys, don't worry about it. They're gonna screw it up at some point. But anyways, yeah, you know, trying to figure out what this Nebraska team is gonna is gonna do is like when you're a little kid and your dad's an alcoholic, and and you listen to him come home at night. What you do is you listen for the car first, right? You listen to how he parks the car, and then you listen to how he gets out of the car and how hard he slams the car door. Then you listen to how he comes into the house. And you're thinking, hey, okay, it's going to be a good night. None of those things are really loud. And then he comes in and he makes it all the way almost to his bedroom. And then you hear this crash because he fell over. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> and then you're like, ah, I'm crawling under my bed. And then the whole house explodes. And then that's kind of neat because you're like, okay, I know, I know what my family does in these situations where there's somebody going to just blow up the whole family. But then – you go to like Thanksgiving or Christmas to somebody else's family and their whole family has like multiple of those people. And you, you've you been torn, told ahead of time, don't say this to Bob. Don't bring this up with Jim, all these cues, but you're just sitting there waiting for one of them to blow up, but you don't know which one it's going to be. And it, that's, it's so exciting. That's why Nebraska football is so much fun, especially for those of us that grew up in dysfunctional families. My God, it feels like home. <laughs> so, so, so then what I hear you saying, John, is I'm sitting in the stadium Saturday night 
I'm waiting for the drunk dad to come home. <laughs> and, 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 and I need to look for a sign early in the game as far as what kind of night it's going to be. So I'll, I'll be prepared for that. Say we've got, um, we'll wrap this up with predictions here in just a few minutes. But, you know, when we look at Nebraska athletics, um, basketball started practice this week. Uh, you know, there's a lot of um, hype particularly for the men's team. Um, you know, people are impressed with uh, a number of the new faces that they're going to see uh, out on the floor. A um, couple of Nebraska alums, uh, James Green and Jordan Burroughs, are going to wrestle in the world championships. That competition starts Saturday. I don't think either one of them wrestle until middle of the week. And uh, baseball, Wichita State, was supposed to come up for a, a scrimmage Saturday, but uh, because of COVID protocol, that's not going to happen. But the, the baseball team's going to have an inter-squad scrimmage, uh, I think, starting at noon on Saturday. So, you know, football fans coming to town that want to watch the baseball team can get out to Haymarket Park and, and watch that um, before they hit the tailgates and go to the game if they, if they so desire. So... Is there anything that I'm missing, guys? Because John does have something I'm missing. Fire away. Well, we need to we need to mention that Creighton Baseball had uh, their baseball director of operations, Chris Gradiville, was apparently shot and killed uh, September third, the morning of September thirtieth. And there there's a lot of people that knew that guy really well. And the Nebraska, I think the Nebraska baseball community really is in shock i don't know all of the details i haven't looked all out of it but it's really uh, he was a younger guy so it wasn't like he was lived a long fruitful life but i'd like to mention that sure um so, I, I would like to actually can we, can we bring up basketball at all oh well, well, sure well, one second Did, was he killed on campus like on the outside because i went to 60, 61st in pratt Okay, never mind. Okay, go ahead, John. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask you, Nate, are you – is this – I'm 59, and I can't think of a a Nebraska basketball season I've been more excited to get started than this one. I think – I mentioned mentioned the culture problem with that Aussie punter. And when you look at our basketball team, my God, what do we have? We're like a world basketball team. Well, uh, I think football kind of helps with uh, us being excited for this basketball team, right? But another thing that helps is that for the first time, probably in the history of the program, uh, that a preseason mock NBA mock draft, one of our players is picked is was picked 13th or 14th by the Indiana Pacers as a freshman, Bryce McGowan's. I mean. I, I'm not, what else do you need to get excited for? I mean, you know, it's just, I don't know. Fred Hoiberg is building something. Uh, uh, you know, there's no one that I would hope would have any, you know, lack of trust in what he's doing, you know, and it, and if you kind of look at some of the later classes, like the future, he's not stopping at this one five-star. I mean, he's just going to keep going. And, uh, well, the, uh, so I guess, you know, I'm excited, but you go back to the big 10 schedule and maybe if we could go 500 and you know what, if you go 500 in the big 10, 
we're probably going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we're going to have, I think, the talent to do so. Um, this Japanese player, the KC or Kaisi, uh, I, I need to read the pronunciation. They say he, he, he is like the Steph Curry of Japan, I think. And uh, he played on the three on three Olympic team. And, and I, I mean, that, that might turn out to be, if he, if he, he's kind of short, I think. And if he can get a shot off, it sounds like, you know, he's really going to be able to stretch the floor. Uh, um, so yeah, anyway, so that's kind of, then we have, we have some really large guys for once. Uh, like like seven-foot guy. Derek Walker. No, Derek Walker's not. But the other guy. Uh, I'm not looking. Oh, my God, I, you're supposed to be up on this. My brain <laughs> has to switch gears. So I'm a, you know, like, for people who don't know, I'm a high school basketball coach. When the season starts, my brain, I can feel it trying to switch gears into basketball. And uh, is it Drew? Or Drew uh, Oleg. No, that's not who I was thinking of. The uh, – uh, last name's A. He played last year. Very raw. Who's another forward or center? He's like six. Oh, the dude that the dude that was. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, um, Andre. Yes. <laughs> this is great podcasting. What's his name? Eduardo Andre. Yes. Yes. I think they he said can... that he's put on a gob of pounds. He's listed at two hundred and thirty-three pounds now. Yeah, he was very raw last year, and I think yeah. he saw – you could see during the, the end of the season that he has a very high ceiling, and so that will be very good. So. Kaisei Tamanaga. You need to you need, play, watch some Akira Kurosawa movies, for God's sakes. Okay, I, I would li- I'd rather say I don't know how to pronounce the name <laughs> before I butcher it. So, Kaisei uh, Tamanaga. Okay. We're going to be saying his name a lot. And then we have Oleg, with a, name, by the way. Oleg with a Lithuanian last name that Kojinets. Another guy Kevin needs a footer. <laughs> How about well, K bomb or something like that? <laughs> well, hey, before we, before we get to, I want to play a little game with you. I'm going to pit you oh, two God. guys against each other. I'm going to say uh, a person's name and, I'm, I want you to tell me yes or no. Are they a Northwestern graduate? Okay. We're going to know your Northwestern alums. You like okay? this? Or- yeah. Or you can, yeah. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. Oh, maybe it may should be, we should say since it's on the audio, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to rotate. So I'm going <laughs> to oh, throw sorry. the first one. I'm going to throw the first one to John. Okay. Julia Louise Dreyfus. No. You're wrong. I think Northwestern. Oh, really? Okay. I knew that your, one. Your turn, Nate. Stephen Colbert. I want to say no. He is a Northwestern graduate. Are Northwestern? <laughs> no, I've, I've got a whole bunch of them. We'll go a couple more rounds here. Okay. Okay, fine. Don. What? Hugh Hefner. No. He is a Northwestern graduate. Fuck you. Okay, Nate, I can't give you an old guy like Hugh Hefner, so I'm going to give you Seth Myers. Yes or no? Northwestern graduate. Probably. 
He is a Northwestern graduate. Okay, final round, John. You need one to tie him up. I think we're okay, fine. Okay. McLean Stevenson. I know. Remember, that's Colonel Blake from Matt. Yes, I know who it is, you fuckface. No, he's not a Yes, he he is a Northwestern. You're a fucking dick. And we'll go one more for you, Nate, just to make it fun. David Schwimmer from Friends. I assume so. Yes, he is. All of them were Northwestern graduates, as were Cloris Leachman, Anne Margaret, Warren Beatty. I think Northwestern has a famous alums that no one else can touch. You know, my my favorite television show of all time is uh, Pardon the Interruption. Michael Wilbon on that show is a Northwestern Northwestern graduate. Yeah, they got a ton of them. Well, prediction time. I hate predictions, so I'm going to go last like I I deserve to do. So, John, um, Nate, if you want to take a break and go fix a mixed drink and maybe uh, bake a pizza – well, I'm not doing that this time. Well, John explains, you know, the <laughs> formula that he uses to come up with his prediction. You know, feel free to do that. So, John, go ahead and uh, what are you predicting for this weekend? Right. Well, we can score 24 points because that's pretty much about all we've been doing. Uh, one turnover for that is, again, 31. I think these are pretty much all the same games over and over. <laughs> I really want to – here's the thing. I really think that we should be able to just shut Northwestern's offense down to, like, nothing. They will have one scoring drive. They will score 10 points, so 31 to 10. Okay. Nate? Uh, uh, so, I on our on, – well, Patrick's Hey Rube articles, that's when we do the tally site picks. And my pick was uh, that I think Northwestern um, – with a 12-point spread, I think that they will cover the spread and or whatever against the spread. They, they, they lose by 10. And if you want an actual score, I would say they'll be 20 to 10, actually. I'll go with that. That I think they'll slow us down enough. And I don't think, you know, we're going to get hardly any explosive plays. They're going to kind of hold us, you know, to maybe a couple first downs in the, here and there but I think that they'll have issues scoring as well. And so like a 20 to 10, 17, seven, 13, three type of game. Okay. Last week, my prediction was based on the fact that there was no way that I, that, that Nebraska was going to be able to kick a field goal. Well, (laughs) Connor Culp is back. So I'm going to factor that into my pick now. So this week I am going to go back and I'm going to predict Nebraska 34. And I really, don't think that Northwestern can score 21 points. So I'm going to shift off my weekly 34, 35, 21 pick. And I'm going to say Nebraska 34, Northwestern is going to get 13. 34, 13. And they'll cover the spread. Can we be, you know what? You know what would be really nice, Nate? Do you know what would be really nice, Nate? Yeah, I'm listening. If we could go into the fourth quarter with like five minutes left, and have a two-score lead. Fucking two-score lead. Just keep it. Ten points. I don't know. Three minutes left. 
15 point lead. I'll tell you what, do me a favor, John. Oh my if, God. That's probably how we haven't lost. If, if <laughs> that was my point, if I'm good, since I'm going to be at the game and I won't be able to be on the thread. If Nebraska is up by 14 points with five minutes left, I challenge you to run a contest to give away something free to whoever can predict how Nebraska loses this game. <laughs> you know what people, people on Twitter were, I have been kind of been blasted a little bit for don't stop, stop being negative. Please stop being negative. I mean, we stopped doing the five reasons. My goodness. Last year you were blasted because you were Mr. Positive. <laughs> Nobody's ever happy. It's a big population. Like I said at the beginning, go find Florida State's Tomahawk Nation on Facebook. Read their comments on their posts. You will love your life that much more better for it. Well, folks, it's time to wrap this thing up. We're going to call it a night. (laughs) This is Todd Wolverton, and thank you for joining us with the Five Heart Podcast, where five hearts is all the heart you need. Thank you, Nate, for joining us this evening. John? There is no hope. Fuck everything. Go Big Red.